Hey guys, we have an incredible podcast coming your way. We're going to teach you exactly how to look great, feel strong at your ideal body weight. How? By teaching you about the latest innovations and the discoveries about hormones, the herbs, the natural approaches that will help you to optimize your stem cells, your mitochondria. Please stay tuned. This is a show you must listen to. Of course, yeah, it is true. Uh, but, but the truth has been around for a long time. I'll often, I'll often give people the quote from the Bible where uh, Daniel was taking care of his men and they went to a, a kingdom where they ate rich food. <clears throat> and Daniel made a deal with the gatekeeper. He says, uh, I'm going to continue to feed my men pulses and water, which are vegetables, starches, and water. It's, it's a grim business. And, you know, one of the big excuses I see, uh, John and Chef AJ, is that these bodybuilders think they can only build a marvelous physique by eating animal protein. And here is one of my heroes, Mike Menser, who scored a perfect physique in the Mr. Olympiad when he competed against Arnold Schwarzenegger, no less than Arnold. And he said the following. By only adding 25 grams of protein per day from the added intake of food you need to build muscle, you can build five pounds of muscle per year. Every year for five years, you will double your lean muscle mass if you basically train aggressively and hard and you, you, know, you, you basically understand hormone optimization and you will gain between 25 and 50 pounds of muscle and look like Mr. Universe from only 25 grams of protein, which is one serving of black or pinto beans. Uh, Chef AJ, about how many grams of protein do we know? It isn't beans in the upper 15 grams of protein per cup? So from about two cups of beans, they're going to get about 25 grams of protein, which is what Mr. Olympia, he took second against Arnold because Arnold was more popular as a contest, you know, but he was the only bodybuilder to score a perfect 300, Mike Menser. You have to look him up. There was the Menser brothers, he, Ray and Mike, and he said this directly. And I, I, I tell people this because all the current bodybuilders, when I asked uh, Phil Heath, who's won Mr. Olympiad year after year, I said, will you consider going off chicken as your principal protein and eat plant-based proteins to build a physique that's out of this world? He said, never. I would never give up animal protein. And I said, well, what if I told you that you can absorb more protein, protein nitrogen retention from plant proteins and that plant proteins are complete and have all eight essential amino acids? What if I told you that? Would you consider it? He said, absolutely not. We know that Dr. Walter Kempner kept people in positive nitrogen balance during the time that they reduced over 146 pounds, showing these before after pictures, with only 20 grams of protein a day as they reversed kidney disease, diabetes, hypertension, and heart disease on only rice and fruit. And at the end of the study, they added what? Sugar because they were worried that they couldn't give them enough calories. They were losing weight too fast. And so they had to give them something low in protein because of their kidney disease. You and I know of all the work that Nathan Pritikin presented to the world about Walter Kempner of Duke University, 1949 Annuals of Internal Medicine. Is this true? Yeah, I say, of course, yeah, it is true. Uh, but, but the truth has been around for a long time. I'll often, I'll often give people the quote from the Bible where uh, Daniel was taking care of his men, and they went to a, a kingdom where they ate rich food. <clears throat> and Daniel made a deal with the gatekeeper. He says, uh, I'm going to continue to feed my men pulses and water, which are vegetables, starches, and water. And uh, he asked him to compare the results 
of his men who stayed on the on the pulses and water with those who ate the royal food. And they, they did this over a 10-day period of time. Clearly, those who ate the vegetable-based diet were healthier, better looking, better complexions, more activity. This is old information, Nick. The truth has been around for a long time. I got a question for you. Yes. All, all these nice people you have here, are they, are they people that you, you work with all the time? Can you tell me a little bit about them? The people that are viewing in right now, by the way, are uh, attending because we sent them a guest opportunity to take part in this Zoom recorded session that with everyone's permission, we're going to post uh, and really uh, put out there to the world because we felt it was so important. And by the way, I wanted to reference the Bible that you just mentioned. And of course, you know, in one of the chapters, you know, the exact word for word was the king's men, right? And and the ability of, you know, what should we eat? And uh, I'll have uh, my, my uh, guy, you know, look up in, in that section. But, you know, the reality is, is these are people that are thirsty and anxious to hear the truth about why do we not understand the difference between animal and vegetable protein? And most importantly, how can we convert that to the secrets of weight loss, which is really the main topic that we have? Secrets of weight loss and how does that tie into the misconception? I believe that protein is one of the me main reasons why people get diverted. And as long as they cling to protein, animal protein has no fiber, it's high in calories, it's high in cholesterol. Uh, as you know, Pritikin and I and you would say the worst thing you could consume is something high in cholesterol because it's the high incidence of cardiovascular disease stroke. The number two worst thing would be fat. The number three worst thing would be protein. Number four would be maybe sugar. Number five would be salt and GMOs at the bottom. Would you agree with that sequence of, of, of toxicity and risk for people? That, that's, that's fair. But again, dissecting the, the foods out by their individual poisons really doesn't change the fact that they're a poison. I'd have to say most harm is being done by the nutrient protein. And I, I make my case by the fact that you turn on TV and you see foods advertised, or you go to Costco, or you go to your grocery store, you see foods advertised, stuck right on the front label of the package is the protein content of the food, particularly reflecting the fact that this is a high protein food. People believe that protein is the most important nutrient that they have to worry about. When you and I know, Nick, and it's been known for, well, it's been known for at least 100 years that I know of, that it is impossible to design a protein deficient diet. The threshold is too low. So I, I would say the protein is doing more damage to people's personal health as well as the health of the planet than any other of the, of the macronutrients. Uh, you know, cholesterol is one way of, of uh, uh, bringing about people's attention, but you know, it's, it's the whole darn food, which they all happen to be packages of cholesterol, protein, fat, contamination. They're just wrong, Nick. That's, it's just the wrong food. That's why people are sick. John, I, I would agree with you. Protein is the number one reason, the most damaging food, because once people get clear that protein is the worst toxin, they'll realize that excess animal protein is so dangerous because it always, consider that fish has as much cholesterol as red meat. When I say that, people go, what do you mean? Tuna packed in water has more cholesterol than red meat? They go, I can't, it can't be. My doctor said, give up the red meat, and I'm eating fish and chicken. Yeah, well. And yet, chicken and fish have more cholesterol than red meat. Isn't that true? Uh, it depends on how you look at it. If you look at it 
by weight, they're all the same. If you look at by uh, calories, because uh, fish and chicken have fewer calories than beef does, and you do it by percent of calories, then yes, clearly poultry and fish have more calories that are protein than does uh, beef or pork. Uh, but again, regardless, a muscle's a muscle's a muscle, whether it, it flaps a wing, wiggles a tail, or moves a limb, they're all muscles. And you know, they're a lot different than broccoli, a lot different than baked potatoes. So I, I you know, I, to get general concepts across to people is important, but I realize just like you're teaching, Nick, that, um, that people react to, they wanna know the specifics, they wanna know the details. They wanna know the, the last scientific bit of information that, that is gonna require them to change their diet. And I'm sure they're gonna wait till the last one, most of the people out there. Well, Dr. John McDougall, there was a study done in 1914 by Osborne and Mendel, and they actually then were shown that later, and I believe the studies came in later, that rat's milk is 25% protein, whereas human milk is less than 6% protein. And they discovered that rats obviously wouldn't grow very well on human breast milk, but they thrive on rat's milk, which is very high in protein. So I made this cartoon, if you can see in my book, uh, I need grains, fruits, and vegetables, and beans for energy, and I get all the protein I need. And my digestive tract is more designed like a bonobo monkey, which is 94.6 genetic match. They're out of Zaire, Africa. They're not like chimps. Chimps will run down and eat an animal, but uh, bonobos monkeys maybe occasionally eat some grubs, some insects, but they eat almost principally vegan plant-based. And so Osborne and Mendel actually put people uh, uh, to uh, under the condition that they had to eat animal protein based on putting... Um, uh, animals, rats in cages, and they fed one group of animals potatoes, one group in the, the cage on fruit only, one group uh, say eggs only, and they measured their their size and growth. Isn't isn't that true? I have a nutrition textbook that I got when I was at Loma Linda University, and it was interesting that in the in the textbook. I can actually show the, the chapter that's still used to this day in nutrition and health and disease, and they show a picture of a big rat and a little rat, and they say, see, based on this, guys, based on this, we humans, and I'm showing you the exact page 51 in this textbook that I was given at a medical university, Loma Linda, that based on large rats that are fed eggs, cheese, and meat, we have to eat eggs, cheese, and meat to get complete proteins. If we eat fruits, vegetables, and rice, the rat doesn't grow very big, and therefore, we must not eat only rice, fruit, and vegetables because that won't be complete, and the rat won't grow big. Therefore, a human won't grow big. Now, where's the logic? I took logic at USC. A equals B equals C? No. So what is going on with this old rat study of Osborne and Mendel? Do doctors still refer to this in nutrition textbooks? Is this truly the standard? Well, Nick, you know, you're complimenting doctors by saying they study anything about nutrition because they don't. <laughs> you know, uh, a, a physician who spends at least seven years learning how to take care of a human being is deprived of any meaningful knowledge on what a human being eats to be healthy, to recover from disease, or what a human being could eat to get sick. It's not taught, Nick. Uh, I put an effort in the year 2011 in the state of California to get that changed. Uh, I wrote and backed a, a bill. I got some help from a few of my colleagues called SB 380. And you can look that up. Just look up SB 380 California. 
And uh, this is a law, or it was written as a Senate bill initially, Senate Bill 380 was written as a proposal that we require that medical doctors learn what people eat or should eat. And specifically, it asks uh, the 11 medical schools in California to start meaningful nutrition classes. Right now, all the students learn is biochemical formulas. They don't learn anything about dietary, dietary treatments of diseases, which is just huge. And it's the most, most important and powerful part of medicine. And uh, also, this bill asked for 500 hospitals in California to, to include at least a few noontime conferences dedicated to human nutrition. And that law was unanimously approved by both houses in the state of California. And it was signed into law September 11th, excuse me, in the month of September 2011 uh, by Jerry Brown, our governor. So it's a law in the state of California. Unfortunately, uh, the physicians involved fought back and they found a way to get around it. You know, I'm just tired of fighting it, Nick. I have uh, doctors all over the country. You know, usually a, a professor at a medical school calls me, calls me because they found this bill that I wrote and they realize that I'm associated with it and they are appalled by the fact that their students in their medical school, they learn nothing about what their customer eats. This is uh, insane. You have a medical doctor has no idea. In fact, they'll go from one extreme to the other. They'll go from high protein Atkins kind of diets to a kind of diet you and I believe is important. And they'll tell you diet isn't important at all. You can live on these liquid cans of protein and sugar. Yeah, don't trust a doctor when it comes to food. You know, Nathan Pritikin used to say, you may have be able to quote this better. He used to say a uh, doctor and his secretary knew about the same amount about nutrition unless the secretary happened to be in a diet that moment and then she knew more about nutrition than her boss. <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. You know, it, it's it's interesting that as we as you mentioned, we've known since the time of the Bible and uh, here here we have Daniel 1 uh, page 912 and it it, it specifically says uh, the essentially talking about at the end of 10 days uh, the continents appeared fairer and fatter in flesh than all the children which did eat the portion of the king's meat. And it, it goes on to say, thus uh, Meltzer took away the portions of their meat and their wine and they should drink and gave them pulse. What exactly is pulse? Pulse is vegetables. It's really starch. You know, it's beans and corn and potatoes and those kinds of things. But, it, you know, loosely transferred, it's beans or vegetables Yes, no, I went to the other one. There you go. So, Chef AJ, when you're preparing your meals, and are you worried about protein, or are you telling people eat a variety of fruits, vegetables, beans, and peas, soups, and salads? And do you ever worry about them in your meal preparation, getting enough protein, Chef AJ? I never worry about anything. As a matter of fact, earlier when you said, Chef AJ, how many grams of protein in beans, I didn't know I had to look it up, and it's 15.4 for a cup, by the way, and it has even more fiber. I just worry about getting enough calories. Calories and I get most of my calories from starch, from wet starches, you know, potatoes, rice, beans, not processed starches like bread and flour and that kind of thing and sugar. Just I eat a lot of potatoes. The more potatoes I eat, the leaner I get. Yeah, and it's I get plenty of protein. Yeah, I met a gentleman, you probably obviously both know his name, but it was at John McDougall's event where I spoke about the myth about protein. 
And uh, he's a guy that ate only potatoes for, what, over a year or two? And he lost how much weight? And he was called the Spud Man or something, right? He, he lost more than I weigh. He lost 120 pounds. Just eating potatoes. Yeah, there's a section where I'm doing the talk and I run to the back of the room and I jump up and he grabs me, you know, he catches me and stuff. And I go, how many potatoes did you eat? Did you count them? You know, and he he, kind of laughed. He said, no, I didn't actually count them. He just, I just kept eating potatoes ad lib. People don't realize a medium potato is only 118 calories. And we know Dr. John McDougall had the great opportunity to know about Dennis Burkett, who told people in a study to eat as many many potatoes as they wanted, 10 potatoes a day. So long as they ate potatoes, they could eat anything else they wanted. And in that study, every person lost weight in a clinical study. Is that true, John? You know, actually, Nick, I can't remember that one. It's, you know, it's, it's rare that you can put one over on me, but I can't remember that study. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've got my book here. Uh, from, right. from, Let's send that one to me, Nick. Nick, I'll conclude that in my armamentarium. I don't have a library nearly as nice as yours, you know. <laughs> I, I, I used to have a library. I don't have a library anymore. Yeah, well, I, 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 one of the things that I felt when I entered in this field of lifestyle medicine, that the more books I read, the more knowledge I gained, I realized that my knowledge could not translate to people unless I used what's called neuroreprogramming, which is a type of NLP, timeline therapy, and subconscious training, because most people run on programs, and they, they think repetitively, well, what did I eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? And, and they have 60,000 thoughts a day, of which half are negative. So they're telling themselves, I can't lose weight. I've never lost weight before. And Chef AJ, when they get into that situation where they can't lose weight, what do you tell them? How do you get them to that initial hump? And initially, if they go to a plant-based diet, don't they gain a little weight from the water weight that they've gained and the food that goes in their intestines? And for a while, they might give up because they're used to all these promised high-fat, high-protein diets that draw all the water and they lose weight from those diets and now they go on our diet and they gain a little weight for the first several weeks what what do you tell them well, i tell them stop weighing themselves first of all because you're right when they're on a keto diet or low carb they they, they, they lose water and they lose glycogen and when you eat the way we we tell you to eat you're, you're the, the scale's going to go up about four pounds but it's not because of four pounds of fat is about two pounds of glycogen and two pounds of water so first of all stop weighing yourself number one is what i tell them and then if they just let the calendar do the magic and eat the way Dr. McDougall says, it's never not worked. He's had tens of thousands of patients at his live-in program and True North has had almost as many. Nobody's and never not lost weight eating that way. And Dr. McDougall is the one that taught me that Dr. Kempner used to say that all dieters are liars. I've never seen anyone gain fat from eating potatoes unless they were putting butter or margarine or sour cream or avocado or some kind of high fat food on it, you know, but so is it okay, like Mary McDougall shows, to put chili salsa on your baked potato? Or my favorite that I saw last night in her meal plan talk was she puts mustard on her baked potato and it melts with the, with the uh, a potato and it tastes so good. I mean, there's so many ways to flavor uh, potatoes with even McDougall's uh, uh, beans. It's, it's a, do you still have that food line, John, where you put the beans on? And Chef AJ, is that something you can do in your food prep? Uh, teach people how to eat properly. 
it's so easy. You know, I, I, right now there's a pandemic, so I don't travel, but I used to travel every week for over 10 years. And my husband had to learn how to feed himself. And so one of the things he learned to make, we just call it the potato meal. And you take a potato or it could be sweet potato. It doesn't matter. And if you don't know how to bake it, you can microwave it. And he used to stuff it with a can of beans and a can of corn and put on some salsa and maybe some jalapenos and, and, and sometimes guacamole. And it's this huge, satisfying meal. Even when we've had company, we've made it for them. We've had like these potato bars. So there's really no bad way to eat a potato. And Mary McDougall's right. Mustard is fantastic on a potato. My favorite thing on a potato is barbecue sauce. And I have an air fryer. So I take these potatoes and I cut them into fries. And without any oil or salt, I can crisp them up. And they are the most delicious thing you've ever tasted. And I I can't say enough about potatoes. Chef AJ, since you told me about the Breville uh, air fryer, I use it all the time for guests and all my family, my kids who are used to uh, French fries and everything. I make them and they say, oh my gosh, they love them. And I just spice them with herbs and cayenne pepper and and some uh, uh, just uh, turmeric and garlic powder and all these things. And they literally, they're eating them like French fries and they taste better than French fries without that down after all that oil that's usually sopped into into potatoes. It's not the potato that's fattening. 118 calories for 10 potatoes is only 1,180 calories. Anyone's going to lose weight on a a sub thousand calorie plus or minus diet, right? Yeah. And plus, I believe there are one one calorie per gram. And you can't, they're so filling. How can you really even overeat on them? When they've done studies in satiety, Dr. Susanna Holt did the satiety index. Potato always is the most satiating food. It's very hard to overeat on potatoes unless you're adding a lot of other stuff to them that's going to cause you to overeat. That was an amazing show. And now I want to put it all together for you. How do you locate these incredible natural herbs, organic, the best, designed to help you to improve your hormonal balance, give you energy, help you to look and feel great? DocNutrients.com. This is our sponsor. There is a special quiz. Please take the immune system quiz, and it's going to give you some incredible feedback and ideas about how to strengthen your immune system during these troubling times. Be well. It's 2021, and we're here to support you.